Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust. A non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He with Sarah and Dale McKechnie. President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us, and together, we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, Glamour, Illusion, and Maya, Part 2. And before we get started and explore this topic, topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bally, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bally wrote... 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. The objective before the hierarchy at this time is to break and dissipate the world of glamour. A death blow must be struck at the world illusion, for it holds humanity in thrall. Before Sarah does a recap for us, I'd uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about glamour, illusion, and uh, and Maya. It doesn't sound so bad to me, but uh, <laughs> glamour sounds nice. Yes, but what is, what is it? And uh, and maybe within that, you can also give us a, an idea as to what's so self-destructive about it. Glamour in the ageless wisdom is the emotional fog that is developed um, it's a strictly human creation apparently not found in the kingdoms above or below the human and it's what occurs as ideas that (coughs) descend you could say from the mental plane merge with desire welling up from the emotional nature and the combination of emotion and thought creates a kind of a fog that is glamour and it prevents us from seeing what is real it it, it uh, prevents us from thinking clearly through a particular problem or situation because we see it through the haze of desire mixed with a few perceptions that may or may not be 
accurate but probably aren't complete in their comprehension and it creates a, a swirling haze that when one is in an emotional difficulty can be extremely difficult to work one's way through. Illusion is more of the mind. Uh, the lower mind particularly is analytical, tends to break down and compartmentalize by um, uh, the way that it works and without the mind, the higher mind's faculty of um, knitting together all the component parts and seeing the wholeness of an idea, there is illusion. And the greatest illusion is separativeness, that we are separate from each other. Maya is more of a physical etheric phenomenon that is the pull of matter, and we are all caught up in the Maya of earthly existence. As I understand it, there really isn't a a breaking free from Maya as long as we are living in physical bodies on earth but glamour and illusion we can do something about and in last week's program we were talking about some of the common glamours criticism, pride, suspicion some of the glamours are more subtle for example the glamour of aspiration a lot of good spiritual people aspire to a spiritual life and are quite subtly pleased with the fact that they see themselves as spiritual beings and they sort of give themselves a pat on the back for being spiritual and perhaps are not really so aware of their very human shortcomings that still drag along with them, along with their aspiration, because most human beings are a mixture of light and dark and of evolved um, qualities and of less evolved qualities. I was reading just the other day a wonderful book written by a Catholic archbishop in France, uh, François Fenelon, in the 1600s, and it was as if he was writing to us today. I guess the spiritual path never really changes. It's timeless. That's why it's called the ageless wisdom. And he was writing about the danger of self-love, especially when it's mixed with spiritual aspiration. And he said to this person, who is probably a very good spiritual person, you have spent all your life in the belief that you're wholly devoted to others and never self-seeking. Nothing so feeds self-conceit as this sort of internal testimony that one is quite free from self-love and always generously devoted to one's neighbors. But he said all this devotion that seems to be for others is really for yourself. Your self-love reaches to the point of perpetual self-congratulation that you're free from it. All your sensitivity is less that you might not be fully satisfied with yourself. It's the I which makes you so keen and sensitive. You want God as well as man to be always satisfied with you, and you want to be satisfied with yourself in all your dealings with God. That's a quality of the glamour of aspiration. Yeah, that's a good example of how we can be tripped up by uh, our own good intentions. And uh, I think if because they do... The road these, to heck is paved with good intentions? <clears throat> the road, yes. The road to you heck. Toss that in. And... Uh, there are good intentions at the beginning, and I think they're right and proper and true. To, to, but uh, I think there is a point where one can 
go across the line, over the line, and these begin to become obsessive, these characteristics. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when they uh, turn into glamours because they take possession of you and you begin, they begin to be the center of your life and the center of your, the way you think about yourself. But uh, like, like the uh, glamour of, of service, service can become a glamour if one is uh, putting oneself at the center all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I am serving, mm -hmm. whereas uh, I'm doing good. whereas another person, a, a true disciple, who might say service is being performed. This is this work is being done, no matter who does it. It's being performed. It's being, and um, it's it's the same with the. Uh, the disciple on the path who is caught up in himself and say, I am serving, I am, I am uh, treading the path. Um, whereas the disciple, the initiate, might see it another way and a decentralized way and say, service is being performed, that's all. So, I mean, I'm saying the, these uh, characteristics can trip us up if we allow them to uh, take a hold of us Another characteristic that is very good and necessary, it's a sign of responsibility, is the glamour of duty. And many good people, many parents fall into this one. We have a duty to our children when they are young to raise them to be good human beings and contributing citizens. But there comes a time when the child grows up and is mature enough that he has to make his way on his own. And a lot of very responsible, well-meaning parents find it hard to release that grown child to work out his fate and his karma and his destiny on his own. So that duty becomes a kind of a glamour. It can also be an excuse for refusal to face other areas of one's life that need one's full attention. The family can provide a lot of excuses for not giving one's energy to some other things that at a particular time in your life might actually deserve your, your time and energy, but the family is used as justification for not being available. Yes, duty, uh, as I said before, it can go over that line. You can be, become so obsessive about duty, that's my duty to do this and that that it, be, it becomes a, a, a hindrance, actually, to, to the duty that you're supposed to be performing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's my, my duty as, as, a, as a parent to, um, or it's a duty as, as a child to take care of my parents. Mm -hmm. So this can be a very good thing, but uh, it can also turn against you if, uh, if it's allowed to... Uh, you become so obsessive that it uh, kind of destroys your life. And I suppose one should interject here and say that the decision or the judgment on whether, say, the glamour of personal responsibility and duty is in fact a glamour or a very fine quality of sacrifice can only be measured and um, discerned by the individual who's directly involved in it people on the sidelines can't judge that, I don't think. It has to be, each of us is responsible for our own glamours. We're not responsible for pointing out to other people what we think their glamours are. We've got enough deal to deal with in our own situations. 
but there are some very um, familiar glamours that might ring a bell for some of us they all ring a bell um, another is the glamour of destiny I notice a lot of people who awaken to the spiritual life can very quickly decide that they have some very special high-minded really significant destiny to play in the plan of God for the world rather than to say I'm an ordinary human being who is just awakening and I have to do my little part it becomes overblown again this lack of perspective yes it's 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 a matter of you know the pendulum swinging back the other way to the, to the other side and it's it's uh, these extremes where the are uh, where the um, glamours crop up when uh, when our life swings too far to the left or the right and not following that middle path finding the middle path through these um, through these glamours and and destiny if, if one comes into the world some people do come into the world mm-hmm. and they do have a definite sense of destiny or a sense of they must be doing this or following this um, this particular life path, uh, even from childhood on, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's what they do, and that's all fine. But other people can uh, suddenly, without their you know, using their um, imagination, think that they are destined to to uh, do this particular task or this service, or, or just generally great things. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And they, I must go to Africa to serve these people. This is mm-hmm. my destiny. This mm-hmm. is what God wants me to do. And uh, so I think it here again it goes over the line, and um, it probably leads to a lot of grief and suffering. The true spiritual yeah. server does that which is in front of him to be done. He takes the next step, whatever circumstances provide for him that need his help and his commitment, he does that. He doesn't waste his time and energy uh, dreaming of some magnus opus that will save the world. Those who do contribute to the saving of the world probably are themselves following their own next step every stage of the way. Look at the Pakistani woman, Mukhtar Bibi, who is so featured in the world consciousness consciousness now for the work she's doing for Pakistani girls and women. She was nearly put to death by um, a Pakistani court and she's now taken all of this help and uh, money that she's been given and is using it for the good of the Pakistani girls. She didn't probably plan that all out. She took one step at a time, but one wonders if her soul did have a destiny. Who knows? But we we can follow the great spiritual rule of by their fruits ye shall know them and just look at their actual contribution rather than what they uh, believe and aspire to uh, and claim for themselves. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, Glamour, Illusion, and Maya, Part 2. We have a special offer from Luce's Publishing Company, and that's Ponder on This. It's an Alice Bally book. It's a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bally. It contains extracts from many of the books of Alice Bally on glamour and illusion. Uh, I especially like Ponder on This. It's one of the first books that I read by Alice Bally. And actually, 
I especially enjoyed it because there are so many uh, themes within the 24 volumes of Alice Bailey books that uh, the abridged aspect of Ponder on this uh, is a great guide because it gives one an opportunity to uh, uh, read through uh, uh, the themes of Alice Bailey rather quickly and develop an order of priority and uh, more or less helps you in your study of Alice Bailey because then you can then you'll know which uh, which uh, larger volumes you'd like to approach first. So once again, the special offer today comes in the form of free shipping and handling. The book Ponder on Ponder on uh, Ponder on this, excuse me, is a is available for sixteen dollars. You need to send a check or money order to Lucis. Lucis is L-U-C-I-S. Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And if you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, package of general information or a schedule of meditation meetings, um, give us a call at 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-695. N.Y. Lucis. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Um, and by the way, all of our Inner Sight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program, by the way, is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. So once again, that website, www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's uh, program is posted in advance on on the website also. So you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. I was was thinking, too, that uh, you mentioned, uh, I I more or less gathered from what you and Dale are saying, that the true measure of a... uh, Spiritual of spiritual evolvement within an individual might be the ability to uh, uh, face circumstances, perhaps with compassion or in a uh, spiritual uh, and a spiritual manner, and um, and that's that. I guess it might be more than we bargained for, so to speak, because we're, as you said, we're on a particular approach to what we think uh, is our destiny, perhaps, and uh, something that we haven't bargained for comes along. And are you saying that, that that's the measure of spiritual development, how we handle the spontaneous situation that life uh, throws at us through circumstance? Well, yes, because um, crises are unexpected by their very mm-hmm. nature, and how we respond at those spontaneous, unexpected moments can reveal a great deal about what our strengths and weaknesses are, their testing points. And uh, that is also where we might become more aware of um, areas of glamour in our, in our consciousness. We, ha- we should not be afraid of seeing glamour. I think we should be brave enough and humble enough to face it, recognize it, and take steps to deal with it. Um, glamour exists. And what's especially interesting about glamour and illusion are that they take on different colorations according to the rays and the psychology of the person. We've talked in the past many times about the seven rays, and each of those governing spiritual energies dominates us in different ways. That's what makes us different from each other and makes us prone to certain glamours that others might not have. For example, the first ray of uh, power is 
expressed often in glamours of the one at the center, the person who thinks, I'm all right, I don't need help, I can do it all, just leave me alone, I'm okay. Yes, that's often the uh, line of the politician, the one on the political ray, because it has to do with the power, <clears throat> the energy of power. And uh, it's along that ray line that you get this, uh, the characteristics, let's say, of the Messiah complex. That's one of the uh, glamours that crops up in the Messiah complex in the field of, of politics. Mm-hmm and uh, a sense of selfish destiny or the divine right of kings that uh, also crops up sometimes. And as you say, the, the glamour of isolation and aloneness, that is also. These are simply ways that we react to this energy. It's not the energy of the first ray, for example, that makes us, gives us all these glamours. I think these are the, the ways that human beings react to this particular powerful energy. And it's the same with all the rays. The power makes them feel self-sufficient and in a way that's good but carried too far they become isolated in their... Right. Uh And the second ray of love wisdom can also produce uh, a certain kind of glamours and uh, for one of them is the glamour of wanting to be loved Mm -hmm. and to be loved and to the, ray, the second ray is the ray of love wisdom. Mm-hmm, so it works out in a love of love. And popularity is also mm-hmm. wanting to be popular. That is also, and also just the opposite or is the glamour of self-pity, mm-hmm. which is a biggie mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you can recognize these characteristics in yourself and it's an interesting study because it, by studying the rays and the glamours attached to the rays, you begin to see that which gla- which rays you might have that are more prominent in your own makeup, because everybody has these, are made up of these rays. The third ray is the ray of active intelligence, and that expresses a kind of glamour that works out often as uh, the spider at the center, the one who is so busy, so... Um, Uh, multitasking, we could say, that he has a very tangled web of uh, activities that keep him preoccupied throughout the uh, day and night, and uh, it creates a kind of a hyper-manic quality to the consciousness and sometimes on the outer levels of life, too, that doesn't necessarily have a pattern and a rhythm and an order to it. Mm Mm-hmm. And also the another ray is the ray of the fourth ray of harmony through conflict. Now everybody has conflict in their life, so they they all think that they're a fourth ray, but uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't. But uh, that's not necessarily uh, an indication of being the fourth ray because you have a conflict. But uh, there is a desire for harmony, perhaps, and that crops up. And it makes one into the peacemaker. There is the glamour of the peacemaker, and I've worked with some of them who want to impose a kind of a righteous peace when sometimes letting a conflict work itself out might be more Mm -hmm. educational. Because there is a certain glamour that builds up there for the for personal comfort and for satisfaction. Mm -hmm. They just want peace. They don't want any conflict. They Mm -hmm. they want the... um, 
the harmony part, mm -hmm. which becomes <laughs> comes after the conflict. Well, but, so do we all. Yeah. But you know, uh, sometimes the conflict has to run its course, and a premature peace doesn't necessarily bring a resolution. No. And uh, then the fifth ray. What? What are they? The ray of knowledge and science. Right. Not so prone to glamour, according to Alice Bailey, because it is such a mental ray. They are more prone to illusion. And the great weakness of the fifth ray is the tendency towards separativeness, the ability to see the trees but not the forest, to see the many component parts but not to recognize the beautiful symphony that's being sounded. Right. The, the, the attention is more towards the outer tangible world and not so much on the, the inner world that uh, is the cause of the outer tangible world. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where the illusionary nature of the mind works. It, it creates this illusion that there is no tangible world simply because... And, and this, this kind of illusionary thing is coming up today, you know, on the whole question of creationism and um, evolution. And there is a difficulty between for the scientists to see that there may be a another alternative, a more spiritual basis for the physical world. So that time kind of creates this illusion in the minds of certain scientists, perhaps, that uh, uh, only what they can see is what is real. Ray 6 is the ray of devotion and idealism, and it's the governing ray of our national personality, we could say. We can certainly see it at work in the ideals of, for example, freedom and uh, liberty that are so lauded and uh, wonderful, and yet we are busy imposing them on uh, the rest of the world, whether or not they want them and whether or not they are ready for them. The glamour of devotion and of uh, sentimentality and of um, a kind of a separative preference for some and an antipathy towards others is very characteristic of the sixth ray. It has great friends and dear ones and also has enemies whom he uh, utterly ostracizes. The world is divided into light and dark for the glamour of that ray. And finally, the, the seventh ray, the ray of organization and order, uh, that's the ray that's really becoming very prominent today and is reorganizing uh, a lot of uh, the um, material world. So that also has its glamours. There shouldn't be a discussion of glamour and illusion without ending with an idea of how one can resolve these. And Alice Bailey put it in a beautiful way. She said, when harmlessness and kindness in thought and word are practiced and an automatic part of the daily life, then glamour will end. This one factor lets in more glamour than you realize because you frequently fail to see people as they really are. You see them through the lens of your criticism and your lack of love. So... Harmlessness and kindness can foster uh, uh, the strength to overcome glamour probably better than anything else. 
Perhaps you can say a couple of words about the conferences coming up, Sarah? Yes, Sunday, May 14th, um, and people are welcome to call us for a program of the conference. We would like people to let us know if they wish to come. So if they would call 866-NY-LUCIS, we will be happy to send them a program and a registration form. And it will focus through meditation and discussion on the themes of glamour and illusion this year and how to overcome them. Please take advantage of today's special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Ponder on This. Ponder on This is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It's available today for $16. Send a check or money order, $16, to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's this is Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. You've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use my cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?